It's week 29 of 2018. We have a ton of Microsoft stories to talk about, as well as updates on Prime Day and National Emoji Day, and a couple of cloud providers getting into the hardware game. That's all coming up on the Technado, starting right now. Hello, welcome to the Technado. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and as you can see, once again, Don is just uh, vacation this week, just <laughs> off enjoying the world yeah. and uh, leaving us here to to get to talk to you about the latest in tech news. But we have Daniel Lowry here, who is uh, someone you've seen many There's times. nothing wrong with silver. No. At all. What does that mean? That means I'm second place. Oh, okay. I, I was like, your hair is not. You've got. <laughs> I'm getting there. A full head of getting there. Nice brown hair. <laughs> All right. Well, fantastic. Now, on, on that note, let's <laughs> let's go ahead and jump right in because we have a ton of articles and uh, a lot of Microsoft stuff today. Oh, some man. some cloud some cloud hardware, which is going to be interesting. But we want to give you an update on a story uh, from last week to start off. We talked about um, Android P doesn't support WPS and it may be gone for good. Well, thank goodness. Google says what? it's coming back. Yeah, that's right. It's, yeah, it's not going gone for good, and it's it's actually going to be here with us. For yeah, quite and, some time. And so, uh, where's the update? It says uh, the right issue's the been fixed. Well, oh yeah, is it? A little, oh yeah, despite yeah, it, the way <laughs> it was looking like an intentional move, Google has since responded to it. So yeah. Um, so luckily, I don't know. Luckily, depending on how well, you feel about. I mean, WPS. there's some insecurities with with WPS. Yeah. Which is like, if you have physical access to the device, you. Very well, may be able to connect to it, and then you have access to that network, and you start your sniffing and all the other fun stuff that the that the kids rave about these days. <laughs> oh, the kids! And the yeah, kids. they love uh, the hacking, don't they? I I don't know if I'm the first to, but Happy Prime Day! Oh yes, Happy yeah, Prime Day! Big celebration in the it, family. Did you get anything? Yeah, I got angry. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I got uh, the uh, Amazon Echo Spot, the oh, little round yeah, one, because I wanted that on the. Guy. Um, the nightstand is kind of my alarm clock. Uh, I've been looking at it for a while, but uh, it was down to 99 bucks. So I said, let's go ahead and do that. But uh, I noticed when I went to buy it, um, I got to a screen that said, hold on, we're experiencing high volume. I was able to just go back and, and do it again because mm -hmm. that's what they want you to do is just keep refreshing, yeah, I think. Because yeah. that, that doesn't <laughs> add to the problem at all. So. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, I did that and it was able to work. But what uh, you don't know is you bought six of them. Yeah, I did. Yeah, they're they're all coming today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this article on IT Pro today um, uh, outlines some of the uh, the problems that were had. It says Amazon suffers tech crash and strikes during Prime Day. So yeah, if the uh, if the website doesn't work, well, at least you can rely on the people. Oh no, they're not here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh they're they're gone. They're they're not working. Is what you're saying? Yeah. They're outside so, and angry protest even. Yeah, not a great day. Uh, for Amazon, it said uh, trouble on the site spiked uh, right about 3 p.m. That's kind of when things kicked off, and uh, and it said uh, they were expecting sales up 40% uh, from last year because they extended it. Yeah. It was like 36, 36 hours. 36 hours. This time. Yeah, but I like how it says that they were expecting sales of 3.4 billion dollars for Prime Day. One day. We need to have like an IT Pro TV Prime Day if we're going to make 3.4 billion bucks. I mean, <laughs> we make that happen. Yeah, and so the company's stock took a little hit as a result of, of some of the problems. And basically, it was just, well, it, it was almost like a, a DDoS attack in uh, itself, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it was basically, it's exactly right. It was an unintentional DDoS in a lot of ways. 
and it affected not only Amazon Prime but AWS and Echoes and Alexa stuff. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Everything how, was how getting does, spotty. How does this happen when, when they have the power of AWS behind them? Is that is that something that, that tells you how many yeah. people were actually trying to buy stuff from Amazon that day? Like, that's a lot. And you have multiple sessions. You got you know plus the the average attack surface that's happening where people are constantly trying to already you're basically if if i'm already out there going i'm gonna get you amazon and my ddos is going crazy with my little botnet i've got going on and now the world is kind of joined in on the fun you know it kind of makes it a little more effective yeah maybe they have to start uh prime day in the middle of the night or something because <laughs> yeah. it it was the beginning of it basically You'll get a that text when prime day starts <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> prime day starts in your area yeah. or something but yeah. uh yeah be so, a solution to be honest with yeah. you yeah <laughs> so they were blown up on on twitter pretty heavily but uh not a great day mm -hmm. for them but um they did have a good day uh i think it was right before prime day uh, another article also on it pro today um cisco and uh juniper fall on reports that amazon may sell data switches so this one was interesting to me because you think about oh i uh i'm moving to the cloud now so i've got my stuff out in the cloud i don't need to worry about physical or buying physical hardware as right. much so who are these switches for then Therefore, well, th th we still have enterprise environments that have on-prem devices. So okay. that's that's still a thing. ISPs, uh, things of that nature are still always going to have, or at least I say always. I'll put an asterisk next to that. <laughs> Almost always are going to have physical devices for them to connect into a cloud network. You have to have a, some sort of gateway. So uh, this is typically your Cisco's, your Juniper's that do these types of things. So when Amazon goes, hey, man, they're making all sorts of money doing that. Let's get in the business and let's slash prices yeah. by like they were talking 40 to 80 percent or some junk like that on certain or uh, comparable devices from Cisco. That's a big hunk of money. Now, Cisco owns that market, man. Like Cisco's, I think it's over half their revenue comes from the physical, the physical devices that they sell. Wow. So for Amazon to jump in that game and really put a dent, I mean, they've had... Issues in the past with like what is it Huawei or whatever the Chinese, mm -hmm. but basically, Just I'm not going to say that they stole the designs to Cisco hardware, <laughs> but man, they're close. Someone, someone was really on the same thinking path. <laughs> Their Frisco device looked <laughs> yeah, amazing. Weird. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, this uh, actually says um, it. Uh, they their so-called white box switches. Uh, would be seventy to eighty percent less than oh compatible ones from Cisco, um, meaning. Uh, they're you know they're able to leverage their, so let's put it in, in, their supply chain and and maybe Cisco's a little overpriced. Well, let's put it this way: like you can buy a Cisco switch that'll run you a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. All right. Now all of a sudden I can get a competitive switch for eighty percent less than that. I'm gonna get five of them. And it's from Amazon, right? Now I have the ability to increase my infrastructure or at least take that money that I was spending on infrastructure equipment and put it toward other things like cloud, and yeah. or maybe have you know two pen tests a year instead of one and. You know, so now I'm able to increase security. So that's that's a real. I mean, this is the nature of competitive business. You know, uh, we need, the competition is going to breed this type of thing where now prices come down to the end user uh, because they have more competition. So. Yeah, but it, it's so amazing the impact that a company like Amazon can have that they say, "Hey, we're thinking about doing <laughs> yeah, this." Just say, "We're you know, yeah. we thought about it. We were sitting around a bar last night. And was like, what if we got into uh, networking equipment?" And some stockbroker overheard it and they put it in the uh, Wall Street Journal. Yeah. And 
Now stocks go down. And Cisco shares fell 6.1% and Juniper's fell 3.9%. Isn't this the plot of Wall Street? I think so, yeah. It's pretty much it. You nailed it. Well, not to be outdone uh, with with their own hardware, uh, Microsoft said, you know what? Uh, we've got cloud hardware as well. Welcome to our newest family member, the Databox Disk. And anyone who watches Silicon Valley, I assume, was uh, thinking this is the Gavin Belson signature box. Uh, <laughs> but w- what exactly is this box? Because this isn't this isn't a switch. This no, no. This? this this is basically a fancy hard drive, uh, a very large, very fast hard drive. And what it does is it allows you to go. You know what? I want to move my on. So, or at least some or all of my on-prem stuff into Azure, right? I got a lot of data to move, though. So you can get one of these data boxes. It's got fast interfaces where you can plug this into your on-prem network, copy all your data to it, and then send it to Microsoft. And then they will quickly, using their infrastructure, upload it into your cloud uh, environment in Azure. And I guess that would be quicker. I mean, I think about when uh, when we moved, I think, uh, a lot of our data storage uh, here at ITPR TV to Dropbox, and and moving that stuff took four or five days. I mean, if yeah. you had something like this and you put everything on it and shipped it, it would be oh yeah, it would be up in the cloud by the time you know we're halfway done. Yeah, with, with and we're small fry as far as like yeah. data consumption goes is uh, to a lot of companies. Yeah, if you're but video like, sharing, well, yeah, yeah, and we've been around for you know fifteen years. Then that's that's a lot of data. Yeah. Like even like where I've worked in the past, we had, I think, ninety terabytes of data just on user stuff. Wow. So, you know, that's that's not including all the other things. That that was just like claims and whatnot. Yeah. Because you know, I worked for an insurance company. Yeah. So. This says the data box disk uh, that you receive it. It has five eight terabyte disks. Um, yeah, fast SSD technology. Yeah. Ship it overnight, and uh, and you're set to go. And I mean, there's a there's a little worry at some point about you know you talk about all of the uh, security about about your network, and you're putting it in the hands of the you know the guy in the brown shirt with yeah, the truck. Yeah, <laughs> but, I wonder if they if they're using UPS or if they're using some more secured. Because I mean, question. There, there are there are sensitive things that need to be shipped. And yeah, I, I would assume that there are. I've never had to ship them, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know. Well, I'm assuming those things there are companies that specialize in yeah. maybe like Iron Mountain or something. That's true. Yeah, yeah, if you had that kind of data, I mean, I assume you'd be flying with a briefcase, uh, exactly, <laughs> handcuffed three armed wrist. guards yeah. with AK-47, which I've, I've always wanted one of those yeah. briefcases, but someday <laughs> get you one. <laughs> All right, sticking with uh, sticking with Microsoft rather, which we will be doing for uh, a lot of this uh, episode here on the Technado. Um, yeah. They are announcing a public preview of Azure. Azure Virtual WAN and Azure Firewall. So, uh, so we're not talking about physical hardware now. We're talking about virtual stuff, right? So this right. is uh, for adding security to the the things we have. Yeah, up and in trying Azure. to make things a little bit easier. So you're basically taking your VPN or um, your SD WAN stuff, your software defined software defined wide area networking technologies, and you have your own equipment. There's a there's hardware equipment that you as the consumer or the, or the customer has. Uh, on your network, and what they're doing is they're allowing you to basically jack into an Azure hub, and then it goes, okay, now we create this nice, secure, fast tunnel between your cloud environment and your CPE stuff, uh, which is your client-provided uh, equipment. Yeah, so we're seeing this graph here ah, on yes. the screen, so that's basically go. kind of showing what you're talking about with the different regions. And, and, and those then the, hubs the are going to be, instead of just you know getting wherever you get, uh, wherever your data center might be as far as your Azure goes, 
they go, oh, there's a hub close to this, your customer who is in this remote office. You can create a VPN tunnel right into that. And now it's fast because it hits our network and it's secure because it's on Microsoft's network at that point. And they have like intelligent routing so that it takes the most convenient, or not convenient, but uh, optimal path possible. So everything starts to speed up once you hit them. So it gives you a speed increase. It gives you a security increase once you get on their network. And that's what they're trying to do. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that could speed things up and, and definitely help with security. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's go to uh, more of a couple things on the Windows side. Uh, next up here, uh, also from Microsoft, uh, they're announcing Windows 10 Insider Preview Build uh, 17.7.13. So... Man, this is the one yeah. we've all been waiting oh, for, man, right? I know that I've had this day on my calendar for quite some time. I so don't what, use Microsoft, by the what's, what's, <laughs> Yeah, from your System76. Well, or no, well, that's your I'm, MacBook. I'm a, yeah. a MacBook, and it's running Mac OS and Linux. All right. so. Well, what, what's new in, in, in this release here? So let's see here. Edge improvements, which is always nice to see. And actually, as I read through the improvements that they're going to be doing to Edge, I was, I was pleasantly surprised that some of the cool stuff that they've... Really innovative, really cool. What I like, uh, especially this... Um, not the purse. I mean, they got this purse site media autoplay control. So if I want autoplay on on this site, like Instagram, but I go to Facebook and I don't want it, I can set those per site. So that's that's kind of cool. Um, but usually, at least in my experience, most people either are it's always on or it's always off kind of people, mm. not mixing and matching. But you never know. Maybe there's uh, one site you want to whitelist. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but this is the one I thought was cool, which is the lookup definitions for words and reading view, books and PDFs. Super cool. So you just highlight the text, and you have a lookup feature. It gives you definitions, like right there within the thing. Kind of like how if you go to Wikipedia now, mm-hmm. they have a, a lot more things highlighted yeah. for links. But once you hover over the links, it kind of gives you a small description of what that is. So you don't have to follow the link. Well, I like that read aloud, too, because there's a lot of times you're going, how do you pronounce that? And <laughs> yeah, it would be great is, to, that to see that. <laughs> Especially with names, if yeah. they can do that. you got to put the proper <laughs> emphasis on the syllable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you're going to go. <laughs> uh, PDF reader improvements. I mean, that's that's kind of cool if you're into that, uh, where you can undock the PDF reader bar and just some more text descriptions on what those things do. So you're not going, what what does this button do? Uh, that's in there. Improvements on Notepad. Yes. No, okay, so the improvement that they show, and about time, about time. Where I can do control plus and control minus to zoom the text hmm. in or out. I've been enjoying these features for quite some time uh, as a non-Windows user. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's like, why are you Johnny come lately on this? Like, why did the, the 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 first person to do that you not go? Oh, let's do that. Let's do that now. <laughs> yeah. Why are we? Yeah. Why that did now? Notepad have to wait this long before text zooming was available? Um, but very cool stuff. What else? Uh, it says line and column numbers. Work with word wrap. So, if you have a word wrap that goes uh, around, you know, to the to the next line because it's too too long to fit on the one line, it will still say that that is line one, hmm. right? It doesn't. Say, oh, that's line two, you know, or break line numbers altogether. Uh, remote desktop with biometrics is also a new feature in this um, release of Windows 10. So, kind of cool. You can add that functionality, get you some MFA stuff going on which is multi-factor authentication um, to authenticate using a remote desktop. So it's a little more secure now. Just another reason that people right. are going to try to steal my thumb or my, my yeah. retina. I'm going to need you to put your finger through this little guillotine here. If that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Uh, scanner, I mean scanner. Yeah, it's a scanner. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, web sign into Windows 10. So this is cool. So if you're using federated services with Windows 10, you can now have a single sign-on using their web sign-in. 
um, to that. So if you don't have uh, a computer, I think it says you do have to be Azure AD joined in Windows 10. Uh, so your Windows 10 machine must be Azure AD joined. But after that, you can use the web sign-in <laughs> uh, to federated services. Get that single sign-on greatness that everybody loves so much. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, and there's a, a lot more improvements there. You can yeah. definitely go on onto the uh, on the Windows blog. There yeah, and it was, read it was that. a good release. I mean, yeah. they, they did a lot of things to it, so it was worthy of a release, I think. Yeah, and that wasn't the only release that they did uh, on the preview build 17713. Uh, Microsoft also announced here on their blog uh, that they were launching Windows Server 2019 uh, with the insider preview build of the same number. So um, obviously, this is uh, more on the the server side. Yeah, and I was should have lobbied for this to be the the funny tech article of the day because if you scroll down where it says what's new, it says no new features have been introduced in this build. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why are we doing it then? Perfect. I guess it's as good as mine. <laughs> well, that's available now to download for those of you or that stay with the one you want to make sure it says you are on the latest version. <laughs> apparently, that's yeah. Really strange. It's for people that like buy a new iPhone because it came out in space gray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, There's no real difference other than the color. It matches my belt. Yeah, it does. Well, I love that, that someone had to write this blog post. That two yeah. people, Donna yeah. and Brandon, uh, collaborated to say, hey, uh, so like, what, are we gonna, what are we going to write? Yeah. All right. Well. Good for them. Yeah, good, good for, for them. them. Good. Well, you mentioned some Edge stuff, and I I think it's interesting that they're, they're well, it's not interesting. I mean, obviously, Microsoft really wants to position Edge as a great browser, but uh, I've never seen anyone uh, go and, and say, you know, I'm going to download Edge on my MacBook or on my yeah. Chromebook, or, or but... You know they're they're trying to get to that point where uh, it's a it's a browser like Chrome that you want to put across all your devices and uh, and they're testing some stuff here on iOS now um, with a beta that uh, allows uh, visual search, paste and search, and more features. So uh, where basically you can you can take a photo and uh, and turn around and search uh, for that that photo and I guess it's it's mm -hmm. analyzing the contents. I, I assume there's a just a team of people that then look at the photo real quick when you send it in and go, what do I see? It's kind of like right. a, uh, uh, he's at Grand Central Station. Grand yeah, Central it's Station. It's the 21st century version of the Flintstones, <laughs> you know, where there's a hamster inside of the thing that, yeah. <laughs> eating all the garbage you put down the disposal. Right? Well, let's look. Let, let's, let's be bold here and click on this little video and uh, oh, snap a picture and search. Bold, so sir. intelligent visual search. Uh, I'm 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 narrating for those that are just yeah. listening on the audio. It's powered version. by AI and machine AI. learning. I love those. Yeah, yeah, it's got all the buzzwords. Okay, yeah. so you snap a picture, and then you crop it. Oh, and it and so it's in this one they snapped a picture of a guy wearing a jacket. They cropped it, and they found links to buy that jacket. I think that uh, Samsung's does Bixby feature does that something similar. Does it? Yeah. Where if you're taking like a, a photo or you're looking at something, like the Bixby, these blue dots jump up on the screen and you can click on them and it'll say, oh, look for that lamp yeah. that's in this. Well, that's the interesting part. So it looks like, um, yeah. you know, you're kind of in control of it. You crop the image yeah, and you say, cool. you know, in this image with a woman and some trees and a dog, you can either say, identify what this tree is and you get the cherry blossom or identify the dog and you and you get a uh, a beagle there. So Now I know cool. why it's taken so long for them to come out with the uh, zooming. And they've been working on this thing. So well, I also now see why they didn't release any features in Windows Server's latest yeah, update yeah. because they, they were busy. They're like, with did edge. you see the photo thing like, with the dog? This edge is going to be the next big thing. It so, is cool though. Yeah, that's I very like cool. That. Yeah. Well, uh, and and honestly, I don't know if if Visual Search is built into any of the other. Uh, the the only thing I've seen is like the the Google image yeah. reverse image search where you can go and and find yeah you know, other images like that. But uh, but that that's pretty cool. 
Uh, all right, uh, more well, Microsoft. Microsoft. Are you, yeah. you believe it or not? Now, I think this is the last one. But the Microsoft only one that did anything this week? Yeah, they, well, but apparently not. They just released blog posts about. Yeah, well, Amazon you know, was didn't down. Do anything. So. Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, uh, Microsoft's killing off old Skype client, adding in built-in call recording. So uh, they're coming out with with the new version, basically saying we're not supporting the old version anymore. And, and old versions, recording. old versions, really? Right? Okay. Oh, well, I mean, well, let's is, see what we is got. There like a a deprecated version that was around for certain types of clients. And there was the new version that you get only in the app store. Right. And yeah, there was like some, that was completely different and where at least it had a lot of different feature sets than one versus the other. They're now going, you know what, let's just unify this all and make one Skype to rule them all and in the darkness bind them. Right. So, <laughs> well, yeah, they're saying uh, the windows 32 Skype client is being end of life, which that's a great term. I'd, I'd like us to bring <laughs> yeah, that into, yeah. um, I'm sorry, son, our dog has been end of life. <laughs> yeah. um, we no longer support him. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's terrible. Jeez. All right. Well, uh, yeah, it's just it's got dark. People. It's got really <laughs> yeah, dark. Yeah, but uh, a bad turn there. But now you've got the Skype client where you can have 1080p up to 24 people, and you can record now, apparently, which is pretty cool. So um, no more having to worry about taking notes. Just have it there, and then you can go back and image search and find out what kind of dog uh, that woman has. In, yeah. in the they also had some like talk about how it will integrate better with things like Twitch. Hmm. So if you do kind of a streaming uh, service or something sure. like that. Do all my video gaming. Yeah, got to watch that stuff, right? Yeah. I've literally never watched anything on Twitch. I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a big gamer myself. I'm not. and But I'm like... I like games. I, I like games. I cannot imagine but watching But the hours on play. end, and I sure as heck don't enjoy watching other people play no, them. I do not. Well, uh, let's shift gears finally uh, away from Microsoft. We've got got some great Google news. Uh, not oh. great if you're Google. They're great if you're Europe. Right yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Europe is <laughs> Europe. with five billion dollars in they just uh, increase their GDP <laughs> <laughs> in antitrust fines um, yeah. ahead of appeal. So this, uh, I believe, this was related to Android, right? To to uh, yes, to Android. like apps kind of built into the the platform. So it was the fact that. Google is the default search engine mm. on Android devices. And, and, okay, so we've been down this road before. Microsoft used to do this, right, where you, you bought Windows, you got IE bundled with it, and it was like it was just there. So it increased its market share and reliance. People just became, like, hooked on, you know, they, they were popping a vein for IE. Yeah. And so it was like, hold on, that discourages competition, which reduces prices and gives people more competitive products and things of that nature. Uh, they're saying that Google has done the same thing, basically by saying, we, you, you have kept a hold on owning that search engine market by putting it in, you know, four out of every five devices are now Google searchers, you know? And even then, if you're running something else, I mean, people, people are hooked on Google when it comes to searching. And they say that's because what you've done with it. So that's an antitrust violation. So you got to stop doing that. You have to like have them set their, you know, uh, what search engine do you want to use mm -hmm. at, at the outset when you start using your device for the first time? You go to search for something. Great. Yeah. So you want to search something. Which search provider should I make your default? Yeah. Instead of just, oh, it's Google. It's Google. You if I want to Bing on my Android device, yeah. then. I you had to go out Android there and device. bing it up yeah. yourself. You know, <laughs> you couldn't just, it wasn't uh, an, really like an option in their opinions. But Google is not taking this lying down. Their, their legal team is rallying and appeals are expected. 
Looking forward to that uh, <laughs> riveting uh, transcription. Yeah. Yeah. Our, man, we don't have court, court TV, TV anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Ever since OJ, that, they kind of right. peaked early it there. Did. But uh, all right, sticking with Google and uh, uh, is this? Uh, this <laughs> oh, they just one. keep on yeah. coming. Don't Google they? Chrome increases memory usage to combat Spectre. So uh, you know, as opposed to um, just sit, taking Spectre lying down, they're they're increasing the memory. I wish they'd just do that anyway. So this is an interesting. An interesting, like, this is a dilemma, really. They're in a dilemma. They have no good option. So what do they do? They go with the best no good option, which is to decrease the performance of your Chrome browser so that it increases the security. All right? So Chrome is kind of notorious for eating up CPU and, and memory, memory specifically, right? They're, they're super utilization hogs when it comes to the mem. Um, and, yeah. We all know that we all know the story. Now that we've got this whole Spectre and Meltdown thing going on, so they're like, well, we're going to protect you against Spectre, but the fix kind of like makes us more of a memory hog by like a lot. Yeah, it says they're going to uh, consume up to 13% more of your system memory. Uh, yeah. They said that in their That's latest blog post. Yeah. That's a lot, Holmes, especially since the vast majority of things that you do are through your browser. Yeah, your, you know, your Chromebook so, will explode. Yeah, your go so Chromebooks, right? The typical Chromebook comes with like four gigs of RAM. Yeah, right. Maybe eight. You know, some of them have more. You can get sixteen and stuff like that. But you know, well, why are you buying a Chromebook? Because you want to save some money. You know, it's a it's an it's a cheap and good alternative to a full blown laptop. Because again, most of the things we do in our lives are are cloud based, so we're just accessing it through a browser. I don't need a ton of of storage because. Google Drive, because I have a Chromebook, gives me, you know, like 100 gigs of storage or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, I've got, you know, between 16 and 32 gigs of local storage. And I have external drives that I can connect through USB. So all these things come into play. It's just the browser needs to run. But now that's going to kill Chromebooks. You know, it's going to make them hurt. Yeah, I, I, but at the end of the day, like you said, it, it's a trade-off because of... Right, uh, and it's not they're doing the best they fault. can. You know, right. this is a this is a processor thing, and, and they didn't they're finding make that a processor. way to, yeah. to address it. So, um, you know, I guess I guess we'll take the good with the bad, and it's it's better than all of uh, the things that you do yeah. on on your laptop or can your I device. Install Firefox getting out there. on my Chromebook? <laughs> we'll have to not see. anymore. Have to see. <laughs> yeah. I don't think uh, you 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 can't because you don't have the processing power yeah. anymore. Well, I just have to. I just have to. Yeah, yeah. You have to terminate. You have to eke through working with Chrome until yeah. I can get uh, Firefox. Installed. Maybe maybe this is the opening now uh, for for people to say, you know what? Why don't I just get Edge oh, on this be. Chromebook? Maybe. Probably not. Probably. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Now uh, let's move over to 9 to 5 Mac. I've got an article here about Bluetooth 5.0, a glimpse into the future of wireless Apple products. So why is this coming up now? Why is, why is this news? What is, what's going on with, uh, with Bluetooth 5.0? Bluetooth 5.0 is kind of the new hotness when it comes to Bluetooth. That's what's up, man. Like if you look at the specs through this article on what it says, blue, like the difference between the latest version of Bluetooth and Bluetooth 5.0, it's like leaps and bounds. It's like we just we went from Star Trek TOS to the next generation in, in just like that, like hundreds of years. Of and so, what is this on? This, this is on the latest iPhones and yeah. the latest. Or it says or the MacBook Pros be. with Touch Bar and yeah. HomePod. Is it out or is it? So we've gone on the radar. Okay, it's in the latest iPhone revisions. Okay. So yeah, if you look at the speed increases and the distance increases of what you can do with it. 
so much better. Yeah, we have a chart here. So we have see. double speeds. So Bluetooth four, version 4.2 uh, has throughput of one point, or I'm sorry, one megabit per second. With 5.0, it is doubled to two megabits That's per right second. That's right here. Yep. Right? So that makes things work a whole lot faster when it comes to uploading or, or moving files and stuff like that. Uh, and since most things, are, especially that Apple does, like Apple Music's already streaming at 256 kbps, so that's it's like psh, I can I can now attach more devices at those speeds, giving me more function. So maybe I don't necessarily go for a speed increase because I can't because the the you know Apple Music is capped at a certain level. I can now add more devices to it. Also, if you look at um, where was it? Uh, there we go. The range. It's capable of 4x range from going from 200 feet or 60 meters to 800 feet wow. or 240. So you can get a whole lot more distance from your from your device that's connected Bluetooth. Yeah, um, I, that, could, I thought that was like one of the biggest jumps. I, I could accidentally still be connected to my uh, <laughs> yeah. my speaker at home. Like why why aren't I hearing <laughs> anything? I'm at work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> still, it's going through the house right now. The dog is yeah. going. Why are you in this phone call? Yeah, and huh. uh, the. Lag times are down from 20, or I'm sorry, from 50, 40 to 50 millisecond lag to 20 to 50 millisecond lag. So you could see a, a significant increase or a decrease in lag. So is this something where both sides have to support 5.0? I mean, obviously, yeah. let's say I've got the latest iPhone, yeah. that's got it, but the right. headphones I buy Correct. or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we'll be uh, looking out for that uh, in the latest and greatest stuff, and I'm sure it'll be continuing to come out in the uh, in the new MacBooks that are uh, that are going to be coming out later this year. So, exciting. All right, I love this story uh, over on Motherboard. <laughs> uh, top voting machine vendor admits it installed remote access software on systems sold to states. So I, I got thinking about this, and I, I I used to watch the show Scandal before I realized it was terrible. Oh, and, my wife loves that show. <laughs> yeah, She's I, like, this is the best show well, ever Well, it was made. good, and then it was like, well, this is this is just a, a soap opera. It's, yeah, it's, it basically. Is. it's a big but, soap opera. Uh, there was a point where they were talking about hacked voting machines, and they had to go and physically check the machine, and they had to do it like a USB thing. You're saying, right. why is there even a USB slot on this this machine? Right. But uh, Well, data has to come in and out of this yeah, somehow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess. So well, how about some proprietary thing that only they yeah. have? I don't know. I mean, that could be. Yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, my point is even on this overly dramatic soap opera they said well we wouldn't connect to it you know remotely we, you've still got to have physical access it's so funny like it you know we we're quick to jump on the the voting machine industry but like everybody's doing this <laughs> like ics and scada systems that are critical infrastructure to our our country and lives and whatnot uh they're going, you know those air gap systems we keep air gap for security reasons? I say we add some Wi-Fi to that. Because <laughs> just this walking over to it and upgrading it and thing, that is a lot of manpower and time. Put Bluetooth 5.0 on yeah, it. Yeah, there we go. And we're ready to rock. So this is this is an increased thing. So I and the I did read this article and it did it was a little conspiracy theory ish. Sure. Yeah, motherboard. Right. Yeah. It's like it is possible because of these. Uh, different things that this could have been done, but there is no smoking gun yet, right? Um, as far as evidence goes, but yeah, not a smart idea to put what was it like a PC, a PC anywhere, anywhere yeah. was on there. I'm like, oh man, so it's even not not even like your own proprietary thing that you have. And in in the in the industry of um, creating these voting machines, the people that do this as as a business, a it's it's super competitive. Once you get in, just kind of like a good old boys network where once you're in, you're in. And you can make tons of money, so they've got like a lot of money online. Not that that's an excuse for any kind of like, uh, you know, uh, malfeasance, but 
So they're they're not very quick. They have these insane NDAs for anybody that works with them. You're not allowed to talk about these machines. And again, it's a dilemma thing that kind of comes up where we have to keep the voting thing secure because if we were just telling everybody and their brother about it, we'd have news articles about, you know, uh, this industry is leaking all the secrets on how you can get into them. And so, so they create all these these really tight NDAs for people to talk about them, but that leads to them being afraid to talk about bugs. So if someone finds a bug, they don't release it. Yeah. Right? Why do they not release it to the public? Because then someone can create an exploit over it. And so it's this it's this weird vicious circle. It's it's not as easy and cut and dry as it seems in a lot of ways. Well, my my favorite part of this is the uh, Senator Wyden uh, from Oregon, who who uh, is kind of featured in this story, um, said this is the worst decision for security, short of leaving ballot boxes on a <laughs> Moscow street corner. Which, which is where I was like, all right, that that's that's. More op-ed. <laughs> yeah. But I love that idea. Yeah, well, you know what else would save money? <laughs> yeah. If uh, the storage unit I could get in Moscow to hey, store the voting machines yeah. in between, it's cheaper to yeah. ship them there. It's, than it's just, so much is. <laughs> yeah. It's strange how that works. Well, uh, that's a fun story. And it is not even story. our crazy story for the week. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, well, But now let's move over to ZDNet. Uh, thousands of mega logins dumped online exposing user files. So this is another one of those headlines that maybe sounds a little scarier than it is. Yeah, or? yeah. So what, what's going on with we, this? Story? We were talking about this. Uh, this headline is meant to go. Oh, what's this? Yeah, you know was another it, data was breach. It me? Yeah. So what has happened is there is a um, a uh, an attack that you can use, and it's it's called. I cannot remember the name of this thing. What is it called? It is. I'm going to find it soon. I know it's in here. I should have looked at it before we go. But you're basically, you're taking from other data breaches around the world. That that stuff kind of gets out there into the internet, and you can see here here is data that has been breached. Well, an attacker can take that and go, oh, here's a bunch of lists of usernames and passwords. I wonder if these people that had their data breached from this service use the same username and password on another service. And that's what happened. It wasn't that there was some vulnerability in in Mega that they exploited, or at least from the evidence so far, that doesn't seem to be the case. It seems to be that they were using this type of attack. And man, I really wish I could remember the name of it. They do quote it in the article. Um, um, yeah, I, I'm not I will find seeing it. it but I will find it. Um, there's. Yeah, and Mega is, of course, a file-sharing uh, site formerly owned by Internet Entrepreneur Kim.com. Yeah, I like how their name is Kim.com. That's Credential fantastic. Stuffing. Credential that's Stuffing. Okay. Credential Stuffing. That's what it's called. Which is what? This is where the name of that? I, I, yeah, that's that type of attack where okay. I take credentials that I found from other data breaches and I just launch in a massive you know, or a targeted attack against another service hoping that the users from this data breach are also users on this system of which I wish to data breach. And if I find any cross-pollination, I should be able to gain access. So that's why, if you look, they said, yeah, they, they got like 15,000-some-odd mm -hmm. user accounts that they were able to access their, their um, accounts through. But so, they have like 115 million accounts. Yeah, and, and so that so makes you think if, if you're... Um, you know, if, if you're notified about, about oh, you, you use this service and, hey, we, we've got some, some breaches and your data might have been breached. Right. Obviously, you want to go and you want to change your password and things on, on that site. Right. But you want to think then, 
did I make the mistake of using that same password in other right. places? It might be a smart idea then to go and do that. That's why good security pa practices yeah. is to not reuse passwords. Sure. So you don't run anywhere. into that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I know we use LastPass here and it's, it's great for that. And you can also go into it and just say, Change go my update passwords. my passwords, yeah. you know, kind of across the board and they'll, they'll go out and do that for you. So. And that's where these kind of things are becoming more, more prevalent. Yeah. So using something like LastPass is just such an easy thing to do. Go ahead, download it, install it. And until you find, you know, oh, by the way, LastPass was data breached <laughs> yeah. yesterday. And I, yeah, I yeah. give up. That's yeah. everything. Just, just unplug all your stuff and start yeah. reading books. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I've got a couple of, of Linux articles here to uh, to wrap us up this week. Uh, this one over on Full Circle Magazine. Uh, Atari VCS RAM double to 8 gigs, but will ship with a Linux-based distro, Atari OS. So they're they're... Basically making their own OS here. It looks here. like, yeah. What what is this one based off of? I don't know. Probably Ubuntu or Debian. Ubuntu. Yeah. I like to just make um, up words that I know. I just threw out some buzzwords. Custom Linux based OS. Maybe it's its own fork. Our core architecture consists of the Atari uh, Secure Hypervisor and a heavily modified Linux kernel called Atari OS. Yeah. So, so their they, own branch. They might. They are building their own branch. At least that's what it seems from this article. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't reach out. I mean, maybe you could Wikipedia that and yeah. see if it's a fork of some sort, but yeah, it's, I love it's that. not mentioning it. I don't remember the site it was that Don had it on, but he had that whole Linux oh, family yeah, tree. The, it's, it's crazy. Just uh, amazing to look at. But I, I, I more put this article in because I was excited to see Atari was still alive. Yeah, is it, it, it's a gaming console. <laughs> it looks like, I, I yeah. haven't heard much about it Yeah, so I have far, not either. So, um, so this is, uh, yeah, console ship uh, with 8 gigs of DDR4 RAM. It doesn't say when it will ship, but, uh, oh, yeah, there it is, uh, July 2019. So, so a year. Yeah. So, a year. so maybe if something's, uh, you know, built on, on Linux, maybe there's more things you can do with it than gaming. And You know, it's funny. It's like, <laughs> I see Atari, and I'm like, ah, cool, we get to play Asteroids. You know, it's <laughs> Centipede time. Tong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the games I want to play. I don't, yeah. I don't need 8, eight yeah. gigs of DDR4. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> How fast is Centipede going to yeah, be on that's, this? That's like, all I need to know. Uh, all right, one more uh, Linux article here over on opensource.com. The oldest active Linux distro, Slackware, turns 25. So was this originally created by Linus? No, no, okay. no, no, no. Um, what is this one? It is just the oldest. So Linus created the, the Linux kernel. The kernel, okay. Right? And then distributions of Linux were created using the kernel and going, well, I want to package this with it. I'm going to put this this different desktop manager that I like, and I'm gonna add these um, software apps that I like. And then that becomes, you know, Peter's OS, mm -hmm. right? And POS is, OS. is, all right, POS, right. yes, POS. <laughs> that wasn't on purpose, POS. was it? Yeah. Not at all, <laughs> uh, right, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing, and then you stop supporting it because you use Ubuntu, right? <laughs> and then people stop using uh, POS. Um, but Slackware has been around for quite some time. This used to be my distro of choice, like that's, <laughs> And it was for the hardcore people that said, you know what, I'm I'm really going to dive deep into this thing. It was a minimalist system. You had to know what you were doing to get it installed and get it functional. So, like, if you wanted to know Linux as an operating system, Slackware was a really good option for you to get in there and say, I'm going to get in the guts of this thing and figure out how to work with this operating system, and I'm going to make it my daily driver. So... And it kind of has has kept that around. It's still it's still kind of that way. I haven't installed Slack in a couple of years now, so I'd be interested. I probably should go out and grab a copy of it just to 
knock the knock the dust off of yeah and it's gooey driven install we're 30 versions later uh back from july 17th 1993 when they announced version 1.0 so so yeah, that's amazing linux that came out in 91 so that right tells you how it. long yeah. it's been around yeah. well and so there were probably ones that came out earlier but have not uh, stood the test of time uh, like this one has. Yes. So, yeah, and it says it's you know not quite as, as big, obviously, as the um, the newer things. The slightly younger Debian has 10 times the number of subscribers. It says the earliest um, releases of SUSE Linux were based on Slackware, and huh. distributions such as Arch Linux can see, be seen as philosophical heirs to Slackware. <laughs> which, which I totally, by. yeah, yeah, I totally get that, because Arch is meant to be the power user's Linux. Like, you know something or you want to learn something about how this thing works. You have to have wherewithal within the operating system to be able to, like, use it. Sure. Um, ask Ronnie about his <laughs> its Arch Linux installation. That's I will. We'll, we'll have an update on yeah, that quite next a, week. Quite an adventure. <laughs> oh, really? I'm yeah. Just getting it, getting 16 it going. days later, you got it installed. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to close with a, just a story that is near and dear um, to my, well, I don't have a soul. <laughs> um, as a as a, as a so ginger, but years ago. Uh, redheads finally <laughs> get recognition uh, with the ginger emoji. So uh, this has been something that that has has been a struggle for years. I mean, you can see this tweet here. So let me get this straight. There's a merman emoji now, but still are no ginger emoji. Are we just to emoji. assume that they are stepchildren? <laughs> just right off the bat. <laughs> just yeah. Out of the bat. Yeah. So we've got you know this variety. Of, it, it was National Emoji Day this week too. Um, oh, so in addition to uh, to Prime Day, I mean, it, just that's a huge what happened. Week. Is everyone was trying to buy emojis off of Amazon? <laughs> buy emojis, yeah, killed them. So, so Apple released some new ones, oh. um, <laughs> and uh, and this was part of the bunch here. So, very exciting. Um, I guess I'd probably go with this is the lightest one. They should have just here, made it Daphne so. from Scooby Doo. <laughs> Do I look? I kinda, like the, yeah. the ginger everybody likes. Uh, let, me, let me let me just bring this up real big next <clears> to <throat> where's the Peter Van Ryan? Yeah, yeah, you're close to that. He needs a beard. And yeah, and eye color, and glasses, and glasses. But yeah, yeah freckles. I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah, how come none of them have freckles? Let's be yeah. honest. Let's let's, yeah, let's lay our cards setting, on the table here, Apple. They're setting for that. Let's yeah. See. How do I add freckles? Yeah, so now when you you know when you mouse over the the standard emoji, you get those options of all the different uh, variations, and there will never be enough. Uh, no. <laughs> everyone yeah. will not be happy. And but so what uh, they say we're like becoming like a hieroglyphic language, <laughs> where we just talk in, in pictures now. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's only over 140 million natural redheads making up the world's population. So, I mean, That's Ireland good, had to just be going yeah, nuts. They're like, and we make up like 70% of that. <laughs> yes, we do. That's right. I, no, it's I, just the Dutch. I apologize and the to any of our, our Irish listeners <laughs> yeah. uh, for hey. those uh, horrible accents. I don't apologize for you. Just, I apologize yeah. for, for mine. I did my best. Daniels it was meant was to be, uh, you know, I like Irish accents. Yeah. I like how eyes in Irish accents are like oi, mm -hmm. but like like a soft oi. So it's not Ireland, it's Ireland. Yeah. Right? Sure. Yeah, interesting. I wish it was all spelled phonetically, too. That'd be fun. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today on the Technado, except for Don. Who did yeah. not join us on the couldn't be bothered Slacker. to stop by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's he thinking? But uh, we did want to let you know about a couple of things. Just housekeeping notes. First of all, uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor, IT Pro TV. There's a couple of IT Pro TV logos um, around One us right two. now. You might have seen. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> lingering, <laughs> one, floating yeah. in the ether. Got that one. We got these ones here. But uh, yeah, we should do a contest one day. <laughs> Count the logos yeah. and see. And we might find some. Every time you found know. the logo, you got to take a drink. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, that would someone would yeah, die yeah. immediately <laughs> with that. But uh, if you do want to check out IT Pro TV, uh, definitely use uh, the coupon code. Uh, podcast 30 that gets you 30% off of your subscription and it's for the lifetime your subscription so as you renew you're still getting that great uh, great discount and able to check out content on all the kind of things we talked about today a lot of cloud stuff a lot of Microsoft stuff um, so definitely a lot of Linux stuff as yep. well. So uh, great content for anyone in the IT world. Uh, we also wanted to let you know about a webinar we have coming up. Um, this one is uh, Thursday, August 23rd, about surviving a DDoS attack. So it's our story. And if you're uh, a frequent listener to the podcast here, you know that we we actually did an episode on this, uh, one of the really early ones, like the first 10 episodes. Uh, we talked about a DDoS attack that we went through, but we decided that would be a great webinar topic as well uh, to let people know how we handled it. It, how they can handle it as well. So uh, if you want to subscribe uh, or to um, register for this webinar, go to go.itpro.tv slash DDoS. And uh, just three fields there, company, email, and phone. And you can hear um, Wes and Don talk about what we did. That takes place at 2 o'clock Eastern time uh, on Thursday, August 23rd. So space is limited. Reserve now <laughs> at go.itpro.tv slash DDoS. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Daniel, any closing thoughts? Uh, happy birthday, Slack. Happy wear. birthday, Slack. Happy Emoji Day. Yeah. Happy Not Prime Slack, Day. Slackware. Slackware. Yeah. Slack. Because everybody's stealing Slack now. Oh, that's, that's a true. thing. So. Yeah. Well, congratulations on all those yeah. uh, festive things. And look forward to seeing you back here next week. Uh, probably have Don back in the office then. And, and maybe Daniel will still be here. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> I won't. Yeah, it's, it's really a crapshoot yeah, at this really point. It's so. all of the dice, isn't it? All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Have a good week. 